Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. There's something to learn in every season. But what if, instead of just trying to get through to the other side, we turned around and laid the groundwork to make it a little easier for those who will walk behind us? Well, that's what we do here every Monday. My name is Callie, and a few years ago, I got to roll up on a conference in Nashville by myself. And it wasn't the ideal situation for me because I prefer to have some like hype people with me. You know what I'm saying? But I walked into this huge conference room with dozens of tables and I picked one that was being led by Elizabeth Evans. You know how some people are just real authentic? Like they create a level of comfort as soon as you start talking to them. That's Elizabeth. She has been someone who has continued to encourage and support this hard and sometimes lonely work of podcasting. And what's wild is most of the time, she didn't even know she was doing it. A well-timed email, direct message, or just a random IG post has at times been a catalyst to keep me going. She equips and encourages dreams. It's just that simple. And I think she's so good at it because she worked hard to grow her own dream. She's a self-proclaimed dabbler who took some time to figure out what she really loved doing. Because guess what? That's okay. It's okay to not know. I'm pretty squarely into my 30s, and I've learned something about the 20s. You'll have a lot of false starts. And let me say it again. That's okay. With every false start, you gain a little more self-awareness. And self-awareness is one of the greatest tools any leader can develop. We talk about how painful it can be when someone you love doesn't support you. How do you pursue what others may not always understand? And what does it look like to pursue and protect your peace? It can lead to a whole lot of freedom. I know you will love this conversation, and I am so excited to start another week with you. I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist about the Nashville water. There's something wrong. There's something very wrong with the water here. So whatever I need to do to combat that, I'm telling you, I'm going to quit podcasting and I'm going to make a water filter that's going You're to make me start, like, campaigning. literally a bajillion dollars. <laughs> what is wrong oh, no, with I- the water? I have to know what you believe about the water now, Elizabeth. Oh, Callie. Okay. Okay. I'm, trying to, I'm so excited okay. right now. I'm literally like filtering in my mind. Like what, what do I, where do I even want to start? Okay. So when I first moved here, my hair started falling out, my skin started breaking out and I started to get cavities. And I was like, what's the one thing that touches all of that? Yeah. The water. So we in Nashville are basically on like a bunch of bedrock. So even all the water reservoirs are on top of bedrock. So the water is very hard. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of minerals in it. So I, think, okay, well, a filter should take care of that. No, no, no. So essentially to me, there's either a high amount of minerals that filters can't take out, or there is a specific mineral that filters Uh do not take out. And so when I say like, I've lost an inch along my hairline, my hair color doesn't stay, like my skin just never feels clean. Now I did some research. So of course I like had it tested, had them come out, pull the water, do other things, they reported it as normal, but won't tell me what the levels are. They just say it's within a normal range, which I'm like, that's something's going on there. So me being an Enneagram five, I'm going to research the heck. You're going to, you're digging everything. in. Yep. But okay. And I'm also telling you, if you look at certain, like, I'd say celebrities in the area that have unlimited access to resources and finances to be able to look amazing. And you're like, Hey, there's just something a little bit wrong. It's because it's the water. It's not their fault. It's literally not their fault. It's not my fault, but we will get Botox and still use a water filter to try to combat that. So I'm actually, I've been in contact with my college, which is Virginia Tech. So they have a large agricultural study section 
to start to dive into this because I, I'm telling you, you're so aggressive right. with it. And I love it. You were like, I'm putting a stop to this right now. We're not, we're going to keep our hair and our skin's going to look good. People one face. I, I'm t I, this is why I had to start Botox, you know, and let me be clear. Botox is also preventative for everyone on there. Who's right now who listens and you're in your mid to late twenties. This is the time. I mean, you yep. skincare is your friend. Okay, you, yep. you need to start now because I'm, I'm on 33. And I was like, what? Why did I not do any of this sooner? Because I would be, you know, it would be a lot easier right now. And also I just like, stay looking like this. That's right? it. I mean, and this is what I think about too. I am um, I love the sun. So in the summer, mm. I just I want it. But we know the sun is not our friend now. You know, so yeah. I have this like love hate relationship that I don't know how to navigate. It's really dicey yeah. for me right now. It's been a hard summer. It. But you have to keep us updated, Elizabeth, because now I'm like, if I go through Nashville bottled only, I'm not going down like that. Don't don't shower here. Just do like the no shower power hour for like your the three days if you ever come. Because listen, all you I'm need is some you. baby wipes. That's all you need. You have cracked the code. Well, my life. husband thinks I'm nasty because I oh, will work no. out. You know, I'll do like a run or something every morning, but I will just like wipe down because I don't always have time yeah. for a shower. So I'm just like, I'm a doing a wipe bath. down and going. And usually at night, almost every night, he's like, have you, have you showered today? Are you going to make the time for that? Are you like, what's your plan here? <laughs> Who's asking? Who's judging? Who needs Who's to looking? know? All right. This I is not a talks. concern. I wash the sheets. I wash the pillowcases. This is not a concern of yours. But, you can't you force it. good hair. So <laughs> if you need to like blow dry it and mm. wash like the whole. I'm telling you, uh, the, here's the trick after you work out. Dry shampoo and then blow dry your, the sweat in your hair. Oh, okay. It's My trick is don't work out. <laughs> Let me just, I'm going to take you back to the basics for a second. Just don't. And then your hair always looks good. It's just not a concern. It's going to be, listen, oh if you didn't gosh. get that, rewind, write it down. Okay. I don't want you to miss this. <laughs> but Elizabeth, oh like I, I met you in Nashville where I was indeed showering at the hotel and drinking the water before you have enlightened me. Gosh, this is a hard hitting podcast right here. We are getting to the, to the meat of it, but we were there. I think we were at a uh, conference. It was gosh, back when we had conferences. Was it Blistem? Was that the one? I think it was Blistem. Hey. I think it was Allie Worthington and Blistem. Yes. You led a breakout and I sat I down did. at your table and you led with this story of being in a coffee house and you were trying to figure out what you wanted to do, what you were going to do. This guy sits down with you. You start having this conversation. I mean, it was like you started from the get go with a story. She didn't really even introduce herself. She didn't say anything other than I was at this coffee shop. But that is the power of story. It is what connects everybody. And I think we lose mm -hmm. sight of it as we get older. And we think people don't want to know our personal experiences. But this podcast was inspired by that story and taking your personal experiences and, you know, informing and equipping those who are yeah. coming behind you. And if there's one person that does represent that, that inspires me to keep moving forward with that, it is you and the work that you mm. do. So I kind of, I want to start there. You have built a company that I even, it's, tell me, in Blistem, it was what, 2019 when we had Blistem? It was like right before we couldn't have anything It anymore. might have been 2018. Was it Maybe 2019? it was 2019. You might be right. It was one of those things. And you were just getting some steam but yeah. now, Elizabeth, it's a whole nother story. So just let's jump in. Tell us how you figured out what you wanted to do. And then you started shaping and molding what you were passionate about into a job. Yes. Okay. There's kind of two tracks there. One, I do love that you still remember the story. I do. It was so I funny. Do. <laughs> so the point of the story was to tell the story, to dissect the story. So it was really interesting. I had a bunch of people come up to me afterwards, and they're like, I had no idea where you were going with that until mm. then you explained it. And they were like, we were 
we didn't know if we should care or not, but I want people to know one, why they should care. And then I will introduce myself. But yeah, you know, building, building my agency has been the biggest personal development journey I have ever been on Mm -hmm. because I would say up until really up until building the company, I dabbled a lot. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of things that I felt like I had natural gifts in and not a natural strength in, and I didn't continue to commit fully to it. And so I think that's probably an Enneagram five type of thing as well as like getting really good at something, but then not necessarily seeing it all the way through because the shame of like, what if it doesn't work? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things in my life happened, not because I was like, hey, I'm going to start a podcast production agency and then work backwards from there. There was not a lot of reverse engineering initially. Mm -hmm. However, I kept continuing to show up and evaluating what's the need here. Mm -hmm. And so... Each time I was working with a client, I would start to, especially in the early days, I would just evaluate what what's the need here and how can I fill that? I would say at the beginning of any business, you don't get to necessarily say, I love to do all of these things and now I'm going to delegate. It's okay, what are we going to do to survive to keep going? Mm. And then it's so beautiful when you get to the other side of it because there's going to inevitably be parts of what you do, whether it's a passion job, whether it's a nine to five that maybe you don't love too much you'll get to a point where you can start to evaluate in your business, okay, I actually like doing A, B, and C and not D, E, and F. Mm. So it's really interesting to kind of change that mindset because just because you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should, especially Mm -hmm. within your business. And that's something I'm continuing to learn. And Mm -hmm. I will say that's a personal development journey for myself as well. It was even evaluating, what do I like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big question I've been asking myself, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in business, rather than saying, will this person like me or will this person, a client, like if I do this, mm-hmm. it's, do I like this client? Do I like this person? Do I like doing these things? Mm-hmm. And that has been a huge personal development journey for me that I probably wouldn't have gotten to had I not started my business in the first place. How do you dig into that part of it? So I want to stop right there yeah. with, do I do I like this? Because that is, a lot of times we just say yes to things and do things because they're presented to us, right? And this concept of, I was thinking about this when I was running this morning, Elizabeth, I read the other day that creativity is a wild mind with a discerning eye, right? So that's great. You can have a million ideas, but are any of them good ideas, right? And so I'm great at the the idea part and come up with so many ideas, but is any of this sustainable? And I think Mm -hmm. a little bit what you're getting at is you can like something but can you sustain a relationship with that thing? There's a difference in yeah. being okay with it and actually liking it and finding yeah. joy in it. So how did you differentiate? Like, are there questions you ask yourself? I mean, other than do I like this? Do you dig in deeper on that? Or is it more of a gut reaction to it? This is something I have had to really, really intentionally build. And I don't know, again, if it's an Enneagram 5 thing, if it's a trauma response of being kind of a peacemaker in a lot of the relationships that I've been in as well. Um when I actually got a life coach, it was probably back in 2014. So this was a long time ago. And it was my first time meeting with her. And she asked me the question. She said, Elizabeth, if you were on a new planet and nobody's ever been there before, what does it look like, smell like, who's there? You get to create it. What is it? And we were five minutes into our session. And I burst into tears after she asked that because I said, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And what kind of person doesn't know what they like? What does that say about me that I don't, I I still get emotional thinking about Mm -hmm. that because it's been a journey of, I'd say, worthiness and the trauma response of saying, well, 
will somebody else like this if I do it? And mm-hmm. then inwardly saying, but do I actually like this? And so my question typically is after I start to evaluate, do I like it? It's one, does it bring me joy? Two, does it bring me peace? Mm. And in business, you can always have both of those as a yes, especially when finances are in there. But those are probably the two questions in my biggest line of differentiation as I'm starting to dive into mm-hmm. certain things. Mm-hmm. What, like, what's the goal? Is, does this bring me joy and does this bring me peace? And so now if somebody were to ask me if I were to start on a new planet mm-hmm. and what does it look like, smell like, and feel like, I actually know very specifically what those things would be. And I probably can only say that now within the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And that was 2014 when I had that session. It's just been a lot of a lot of internal work. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget that sometimes all times it requires that hard work and that intentionality. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, if there's anything I've learned in the past uh, year is the power of intentionality, mm-hmm. choosing what you want to, to be a part of choosing what you don't, you know, they say every yes is a no. So you said that you kind of jumped in and started building this this company. You were dabbling before and just kind of trying mm-hmm. a few things. And you're like, hey, I kind of like to do this. I like to do that. But I can imagine that as you're zeroed in on this one thing, there's these moments of self-doubt. Like, wait, what am mm-hmm. I What am I doing? And why am I doing this? Should I even be trying to do this? What yeah. do you do when you find yourself and like you wake up? A lot of times it is when you wake up or when you mm-hmm. go to sleep and you're just like, wait, what, why do I think I should be doing this? Or mm-hmm. any of those emotions that hit, what do you do in those moments? My default is to hide for mm-hmm. a very long time. I, yeah, I used to, I feel like hide a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't think that people knew it because I'm outgoing. But my default was to always, like, I think I felt a lot of shame around those types of things. So my default is to like, really kind of like shrink back. Now being aware of that and being a bit healthier, when I start to doubt, it typically means something else is off or wrong. It typically means I'm burnt out. It typically means I'm working too much. It typically means I'm doing something in the business that is not putting me in flow state. It's not bringing joy. It's not bringing peace. So I start to evaluate, okay, did I have I worked till 3 a.m. for the last 14 days and I'm doubting because I'm tired? Yes, that's probably the answer. But when it does get to be a bit more of a heart issue and I can't say it's burnout or something else, um, I do, one, I'm a huge fan of counseling. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I vet everything with my counselor and she holds me accountable of, okay, this is what you said you wanted. Are we still on the track of that? Every once in a while, I do meet with a life coach Mm -hmm. and that helps me continue to move forward where counselor helps me evaluate things that have happened in the past. A life coach will help to pull me forward. Mm -hmm. And then I just start to basically brain dub everything that's in in my head because doubt usually for me comes from, my brain having too many things and I'm just on such overwhelm that everything just literally shuts down inside of me. So a brain dump is really helpful and I can evaluate my purpose out even outside of even podcasting is I want to help people tell their stories. In my opinion, there is a unity and connection on the other side of sharing stories. Mm-hmm. And so if I remember, Hey, this is what I'm settling into. This is what's grounding me is finding unity between telling our stories, if I can just sit and remember that, it usually recenters me. So mm-hmm. to kind of break that down, I try to evaluate, okay, is this doubt coming from being overworked and burnt out and tired? Is it coming from I'm actually doing things that are not putting me in a place of joy, peace, and fulfillment? 
Or is it really just, I need to recenter what my actual purpose is in Mm -hmm. this point in time. And those three things are kind of my internal check. And sometimes it's just me having that conversation with myself. Maybe it's with a friend, maybe it's a counselor, maybe it's a life coach, but Mm -hmm. depending on what kind of the, the heart behind it is, is the person that I usually externally and verbally Mm -hmm. process with. When you're the engine behind your own work. So, I mean, you said sometimes I'll work till 3am because when you're passionate about something, you really do enjoy putting everything you are into it. But when you're the engine behind your own work, do you think it's hard? Like for me, I find it easy to believe in other people. I love Mm -hmm. believing in other people. It's Mm -hmm. just seeing it click for them. And then they're like, wait, I can do this. Do you find it difficult to believe in yourself and what you're capable of? You know, like, do you think it comes easier to point to someone else and say, you can do that. But when it comes to your own stuff, do you at any point just think I need to re up that I can actually do this? I think before I would have said no, but the answer is yes, Mm. because I don't think I wanted to be the person that would say, oh yeah, I have a hard time believing in myself, especially when I'm telling others to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think more so than lack of belief in myself, I think I place more limitations on what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. So I think if I were to set a goal, I know I'll knock it out of the park. However, I don't set Typically, I don't think I'm setting that goal high enough Mm -hmm. for what I'm truly capable of. Mm -hmm. And so I think there was a bit of self-awareness that has been gained Mm. where I thought I was a realistic goal setter, where ultimately I think it is a belief issue Mm. and belief gap there of what I'm truly capable of. But I was trying to outsmart my own self by just saying I was a realistic goal setter. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I think I... I put more limitations on myself than anybody else does. And that to me is a constant tension of evaluating that. Mm -hmm. So I go to seven when in unhealth and an eight in health, again, Enneagram things. And so Mm -hmm. when I find myself being more assertive and making quick decisions, which for a five is very, very difficult, I feel great. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be scary but I feel great when I'm making quick decisions because I have the belief in myself that if it's the quote wrong decision, I can change it. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning, setting more limitations on myself or taking too long to believe in myself to get to that answer is typically more of a, again, air quotes, mistake mm-hmm. than doing it and then pivoting later on. Mm-hmm. So I think ultimately the answer is yes. For me, it looks like setting goals too low. And so it took me a really long time to identify that it was still a belief and a worth mm-hmm. heart issue. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at a photo shoot just yesterday and I was helping uh, a friend of mine and then some other organizations gather content. So it was just a content day, right? Where you're just like shooting multiple, you have multiple people there, you have outfit changes, you have different scenes that you're trying to get. And so we're there. And first was the person I was helping, but this was also going to be for the podcast. We were going to shoot some uh, content for the fall for the podcast. And so I'm there and I have a whole shot sheet for the person that I was helping before me. And so I am, you go there, you need to wear that, you need to change. And then it gets to me, Elizabeth, and there's like three shots on the list. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what we should do. And it was the most obvious distinction that I have seen it in mm. myself, probably 
up to this point where I just buckled. And I think it's what you're speaking to. I don't know if it's a lack of belief, but it's uh, a lack of just how did you say it? You set a goal, but you don't set it high enough. You don't. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't almost don't believe you can go higher than that goal. You cap yourself at times. Mm -hmm. And knowing I had this interview with you, how easily you believe in people. So I realized this about you by your of all things, Elizabeth, your emails, you know, when you sign up for an email subscription list, and you're like, you're just trying to get the thing that they're offering you for signing up, right? And you're like, I'll just unsubscribe to this later. You know, I, I just want this thing. And so I remember signing up for yours. But your emails, I have honestly wanted to quit producing this podcast probably three distinct times where I'm like, I am done. But you have this way of writing that you're like, mm. no, no, now is not the time. And almost always your subject line is ready to quit or it's almost exactly <laughs> what I'm like <laughs> thinking that day. But this so naturally comes to you. Like you speak straight to what others are feeling and you're just paving ways forward for them. So what do you think keeps most people feeling like they can't make that initial jump? They, yeah. they have an idea, they have something they're passionate about, but they hold themselves back from it. How have you seen that play out? Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you a question first before I dive into that answer. And I would love to ask you now looking back on that photo shoot from yesterday, what would you do differently? Mm -hmm. I have to get step outside that this is mine and no one cares about it. I struggle because it feels self-serving, you know, like mm -hmm. it feels look at me. And mm -hmm. I always I struggle that with socials, but I almost have to treat it like it's not for me because mm -hmm. that's a barrier. I know I recognize that as a barrier. So I think I would have to go back and say, OK, if I was doing this for somebody else, how would I direct this shoot right now? Yeah, no, that's so good. And I think if you're even asking the question, this feels self-serving, it is not then therefore mm. self-serving because people that are out there that are being self-serving have never had that thought before. Mm. It's in my experience and in my <laughs> opinion. In um, your vast experience, which you do have. So I believe you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I can't wait to see you implement that mindset, whether it's the next photo shoot or something else. Maybe it's your next podcast, whatever that might be, because I think it is those moments that seem small and insignificant and they are pretty easily packaged up into a, a quick podcast interview, but it's those things that when remembered and implemented mm -hmm. will change how you look at things. So mm -hmm. I'm excited for you about that. Okay. Emails. I, I love emails and I know <laughs> that everybody's like, get out of your inbox, but I try to just be the same in every single situation. Mm -hmm. So literally what is in my emails is something I would say in a podcast interview. It's what I would say to a friend. It's what's going on in my head. And if it is something that is resonating with somebody, I'm telling somebody in person, let's put it into an email. Mm -hmm. But in to answer your question, I think it's exactly like what you were saying is they might tell somebody else, Hey, you can do this, but it's, and they might even tell me it's time. Mm -hmm. And that could also be true. But if you really believed in yourself and what you're going to say, you're also going to find the time. And so I think it takes somebody saying, it could just be somebody else saying, you really can do this. A lot of times I'm taking, I just call them discovery calls with people. And they're like, hey, I have a small brand and I have a podcast idea. And it just takes me organizing it a touch and saying, hey, you really actually can do this. Mm -hmm. And I think because I'm in this industry, people take that a bit more to heart because they're like, well, she does this for a living. If she says I can do it, then I really can sure. do it. And there's definitely times where people come to me and ask me that. And I'm like, take everything I say and filter it through your own discernment process. But there's absolutely times I'll say, go back to the drawing board and come back because this is not it. Mm -hmm. And so I think having, if you have any doubt in yourself, finding somebody that you really trust in that industry and trust that they'll tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. So 
there is a lot of fear of putting yourself out there. It is really, really scary. And specifically with a podcast, it's your voice. It's your personality. It's literally you. I think we make these, we can easily make these podcasts or these other dreams that you pursue or these even small things that you pursue. I had a friend who was like, I think right now my assignment in life is to create these community gatherings once a month where people come and hang out and get to know each other and make connections, right? So I think this can be anything that you you have planted in your heart and then you have someone come along beside you who's like, I believe you can do this. Don't you think it's so interesting, Elizabeth, when someone will give you an idea about something that you are the expert on or that you have a lot of experience with and you kind of just want to be like, I see this so clearly. This is, you're giving me this idea and you think this is very muddy. I see this very, here's steps one, two, three, and four, right? And sometimes you just need someone to say that to you. Like what you think mm-hmm. is muddy, I see so clearly and can mm-hmm. can partner with you in how to do this. But a lot of times it starts becoming about achievement. So what might start mm-hmm. from this like authentic place, then it might experience a little bit of growth. And all of a sudden you're switching gears to how much more growth can I get? What else do mm-hmm. I need to do? Oh, they're doing it this way. I better do it this way too. How do you find the balance between achievement and authenticity? Another A word that you said in this conversation just now was assignment. And I Mm. think that's so good. And I think there's a difference between purpose and seasonal assignments Mm -hmm. in our, in our life. And they're, they go hand in hand, but they are different. And I'll continue to answer that with, with that word is you want to perform and execute on your assignment well. Mm -hmm. And that can look like external achievement sometimes but if you lean into the external achieving and what it looks like more than authentically crossing the finish line for that assignment in that season nothing will feel like an achievement Mm -hmm. and that's even where I go back to follow the peace I I feel like anxiety is something that people talk about a ton and I'm glad that people are talking about it and I feel like whenever people talk about anxiety it's in the sense of how can we reduce it And for the most part, I agree with that. And sometimes I think anxiety is there because of lack of peace, because Mm -hmm. of things that we're chasing after. And so anxiety doesn't always need to be necessarily something that we need to just like wish away. Mm -hmm. Certainly sometimes, absolutely, when it is a mental health problem, absolutely. And sometimes I'm grateful for times of dissonance because there's typically a gap in what the Lord is wanting me to pursue and what I'm actually doing. Mm -hmm. Because again, it is easy to lean into that achievement and not authenticity. So for me, it always comes back to where's the peace Mm -hmm. and am I helping others with what I'm doing or is this literally just lifting my own platform? A platform was created not so that the person could be seen more and glorified more. A platform was created like the literal platform so that people in the back could hear mm-hmm. so that you would have a larger reach, not that you would have more glory. And that's something that I always think about is if you're doing this to reach the person in the back, not just elevate yourself, mm-hmm. then we are probably leaning into authenticity, even if achievements are happening along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say don't celebrate things, absolutely celebrate things, especially on those days that get hard and we any doubt like we were talking about. Take time to really relish in those achievements and things that you've accomplished but make sure that you know where your purpose is. Make sure that you know where mm. your peace is. Make sure that you're doing it for the person all the way in the back to elevate your platform through those achievements. Mm-hmm. And it's still to serve the person to hear you the best. I love, is this for the person in the back? You know, I told you we've been doing like a summer in-person kind of deal through the podcast. So we called it the Summer Collective. It was Wednesday nights. And it was always different people. So it wasn't like a core group of people that showed up every Wednesday night. It was a, a variation. But there was always some that would just come in and find a spot 
in a corner or in the back and they you could tell very much like they're just here to see what it's about you know they're introverted they're just trying to hang out but that concept if if you can think of that person because I have faces I can think of Mm -hmm. when you're developing the content and it's more about what is for them instead of what's going to make you feel better personally, Mm -hmm. if you get to say it, I think that that's such a valuable concept to carry with anything that you do is who is this for? Is it for yourself? Or is it for somebody else? But with the achievement piece, I'm guilty of full disclosure, I will grab at things to do, right? Like I said, Mm -hmm. I have sometimes I lack the discerning eye part of creativity, but I have the wild mind, I have a million ideas I want to try. So for you, you know, you said you kind of dabbled here and there. And I think you easily grab onto something and research it. So I guess what I get stuck on is how did you figure out what you need to go after and what you need to just leave alone? Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like that's really, truly, I don't say the key to life because obviously, but I would say a life of fulfillment, that is the key. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fairly easy to misjudge or misevaluate. So for me, when I first started out, there was a lot of steps that happened before the podcast. My background is in math, economics, and statistics, which is obviously a far cry from anything creative. And so I always thought because I was qualitative, I was not creative. And I didn't know how to marry up the two. And so I was working in in a nine to five, this was 2013, actually might've been 2014, about the time I was a life coach. And I was really praying. I was like, Hey, there's something, there's just something off here. Again, it wasn't necessarily anxiety. It was just like a, a gap of what I felt like I could fulfill, but I honestly, I didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. next. And so I do have a heart for people that are trying to decide that. And so through a lot of prayer, through a lot of life coaching, I actually quit my job and started to go to school full time to pursue my master's in counseling, which was a very wild left turn that (laughs) I didn't even see coming because that who who does that? Yeah. I didn't have a background in psychology. It was economics. That's very different. And I remember thinking, what in the world is the Lord going to use this for? So at that point in time, I made that decision out of desperation because I was so sad and unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. However, I do think we can make big life changes before that too. And I think that we can make life changes and decisions based off of a pull, a desire, and peace mm-hmm. versus desperation to get out of a situation and that's something I'm still balancing. And so went to school and that was when there was a lot of health issues. So we took another turn. I ended up in Nashville, which again was kind of the same decision making mm-hmm. process. It just felt like the right next decision. And it wasn't until, so that was maybe 2014 that the master's degree, um, the master's counseling started the process, but it wasn't until 2018, really getting into like getting more steam in 2019 to podcasting come to mm-hmm. fruition. So I think it is to answer your question of like, how do we know what to go after? I think sometimes we put a little bit too much emphasis even on that. Mm -hmm. I think it's still going back to what's our purpose and what's our assignment. Mm -hmm. Because I think I could impact people just as much doing something else, even if it was at a nine to five. But continuing to take that next step that is in front of you. So like to get to where I was today with the podcast, I had to quit my job and start that counseling degree. I had to go through this health issues that ended me up here in Nashville. I had to show up to that coffee shop one day and get that first client. And so for me, it just looked like showing up every day and Mm -hmm. really evaluating where's the joy, where's the peace, what's the assignment. Mm -hmm. It felt at that point in time a bit passive, but that was all I had the tools or resources for from Mm -hmm. like a mental health perspective to really do. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been probably within the last year, I've been able to more so reverse engineer. So I would say 
if there is somebody that's listening that's like, I don't really know what my thing is, mm-hmm. but there's a couple things that I, you know, I, I like doing. I dabbled a lot. I was painting a lot. Mm-hmm. I was learning piano. I was doing copywriting. So it was a lot of things. And that was when I started to see everything almost in like a one season of doing all of these different small things on a very small scale of, okay, well, what am I doing now in my free time? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I really do love the writing aspect of what I'm doing. And I do still want to use that counseling degree. Okay, Lord, I'm evaluating this. You're bringing some things and desires into my heart. What does that look like next? And so I think that a lot of times it is is, what's the right next step for right now. And then Mm -hmm. once that has more clarity, I can now reverse engineer where I want to take it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's hard to reverse engineer a dream when there isn't one overwhelming passion. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. to choose. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. I think we want it to be, I think the reason we listen to podcasts, the reason we listen to books, the reason we talk to our friends, we want someone to just tell us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, here's your thing, go and do it. And mm-hmm. I think we convince ourselves that it's just one thing. I think we forget the assignment part of yeah. you have a you have a broad purpose, you have a broad stroke purpose mm-hmm. and giftedness, but your assignments will change throughout. Yeah. And I think it comes with an openness. I had a friend say, you should hold everything with an open palm. But what we do is we grip it all hard. But she said, those are usually the things maybe you shouldn't be holding to begin with. And so I just think exactly what you're saying is it takes the time and it takes the self-awareness. I feel like every answer you've given has been rooted in, hey, if you're going to chase the peace, you have to know what gives you peace. If you're going to chase the joy, you have to know what gives you joy. And I think you spend almost all of your 20s trying to figure that out. And even your early 30s, trying to think what does that because up to that point, people are telling you what you don't really have the choice to figure out what brings you joy. Right, right. And so I I just think that comes with later, but then you get out of college and you you have the pressure to feel like you're supposed to already have it figured out. You know, they pretty much tell you you should know this and you think you're behind or missing something if you don't know it. And I think it's encouraging what you said, it just takes time. I wish I had something more tangible to give. But it really does just take deep-rooted Mm self-awareness to figure out what it is your passion is. But I remember when I was going through that time of dabbling, and this was probably the most crippling thing somebody could have said to me. They said, when you choose one thing, then I'll support you. Mm. And that was a person that was a big player in my life. Mm -hmm. And that was devastating because that to me showed I wasn't worth celebrating or supporting until Mm -hmm. they understood it. Mm -hmm. And I hung on to those words. Like it still hurts my heart to even say those things out loud. But mm-hmm. I think that I don't want to say delayed. It there was a lot of unlearning and undoing from that statement. Mm-hmm. And so now I have a better handle of evaluating when I am making decisions. Is this so X Y Z person will be proud? Is this because this mm-hmm. other person will understand it? And that's where it takes a true sense of self, of even if no one understands this, I know this to be true for me. Mm -hmm. This brings me peace, joy. I feel like this is the assignment of this season. I will continue to go for it. And I tell people a lot too, evaluate what the market is saying from a business standpoint, not what your friends are saying. Mm -hmm. If you're starting a business to impress your friends, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be meeting a need. Obviously, take feedback 
from the market instead. Because if you are meeting a need in the market, it will be successful, even if your friends, even if your parents, even if your significant other don't understand what it is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when I hear people say like, oh, like, don't take feedback from other people if you feel like this is your passion. I'm like, okay, that's not exactly what we need to go for because you do need, from a business standpoint, are you hitting a need in the market Mm -hmm. and then solving a problem for the end consumer? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I start to evaluate from a business and personal perspective. But it's taken me, I mean, I'm 32 now and it's something that I'm still constantly reminding myself of. And it's just having that sense of, self Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of thoughts that go through your mind each and every day that sometimes they're yours and sometimes they're not Mm -hmm. and I used to think I was very independent and I Mm -hmm. am but I'm overcoming being anti-dependent and probably a bit codependent Mm -hmm. I didn't want to need anyone and that is not independence Mm -hmm. you can be independent and still need people and rely on people Mm -hmm. but I was anti-dependent that I would never ask for help but still codependent enough that I needed people's thumbs up before I would take the step forward. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't been until stepping into a place of healthy independence to believe in myself that I can do it and I can continue to pursue something, even if those around me don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And this this self-awareness piece, this figuring out what your thing is or what you're passionate about, you only want to do it once, right? Because mm-hmm. if you rush to a decision because you feel like people are waiting for you. I am a two on the Enneagram. So I am the queen of this. I'm constantly aware of how anyone else could be feeling at any point, right? And so it will impact the decisions I make. And so I will rush to a decision just because I don't want them to have to wait any longer for one, or I don't want them to be uncomfortable. Or I, if someone had said to me, once you settle on one thing, then I'll support you. Well, do you know what I would have done that like within the hour? I mean, here's my one thing, you know, because that is my personality. And it would have been one thing that I really don't want to be doing. And so the sooner you do this hard work or the begin this hard work of knowing what brings you joy of knowing what you personally what is true for you, what is your base foundation? That's something that you will have to reevaluate over time. But to me, I think it, it probably saves you from a midlife crisis. It saves you from like an end of life. Like, did I really do everything I wanted to do? You know, like do it once, do the hard work of it once and Mm -hmm. then build off of that. And I think that's kind of what you're saying is 2014, you sat with that life coach and the life coach was like, Hey, what do you want on your planet? Well, I don't know. Cause I don't even know what I like doing that work one time and reevaluating over time, I think is probably my biggest takeaway from this conversation today, get the self awareness, the self inventory down, get your checklist down of okay. things you need to make sure of, as you're making decisions and run them all through that filter. I think that's huge. Totally. Yeah. And I think the thing I had to overcome a lot in my mindset well, along, like along the same lines is telling myself I was not stuck, mm-hmm. felt stuck. I felt so stuck. I felt cement, completely concrete over stuck at that point in my life, because I didn't, I was like, Oh my gosh, everybody, has a thing and I don't have I think I have multiple things mm-hmm. but they were all still multiple small things and so continuing even to this day and I still have that mindset in my business when I feel like I'm doubting or if I'm having mm-hmm. a hard day I have to remind myself I'm not stuck mm-hmm. I can make a step what are my options choose an option evaluate it don't like it okay let's pivot and go to the next thing but I can say that openly and freely now, but for the last decade, it was something I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't believe. Mm. So just saying like, you are not, you're not stuck. I know it might feel like you're stuck if you don't know what your next step is. You might feel like you're stuck if you don't know what your passion is, 
you are not. Evaluate what your options are, even if it's a baby, tiny one degree change. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that one degree change might lead to a 50 degree change tomorrow. Mm. Yes. The stuck feeling is so easy. It's so easy. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So Elizabeth, we end every episode with one question. What's something that you are so happy someone did tell you about? So this can be a piece of advice. This can be like a Starbucks drink you're super into a Netflix show, it can be a skin product, it can, whatever you're like, this is my thing right now. And it should be your thing too. Okay, what it's what the first thing that came to mind? And I'll just go with that because I usually evaluate and reevaluate and then change in my mind. 18 welcome times to being a five. I'm, yes. Welcome yes. to being a five. We have 18,000 things that are going on. My gut thing, the first thing that I thought, I was so glad that somebody told me, and I want to pass it on to whoever's listening to you, is somebody told me last week, healing looks really good on you. Mm. And I want to tell the world that. Mm-hmm healing looks really good on you because mm. I was feeling stuck that day and I was feeling really low. She said, healing looks really good on you because we've been going through a lot over here. And I thought the next time somebody's going through something, I want them to hear that too, mm-hmm. because it really changed the trajectory of my mindset. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I would say. If you're going through something, keep on the healing process because healing looks really good on mm-hmm. you. Can I second that just from someone who's on the outskirts kind of watching from afar, what you're doing and how you're working through things. And even I I just get snatches on socials or your emails. And you seem so healthy right now, Mm. like you're hitting your groove, you know, and also to second her say or whoever said that to you, sometimes someone just needs a kind word. And so I always like to think if you think of somebody, there's a reason their name pops in your head. Mm-hmm. text them, message them. If you're going to see them, chances are good that your words are going to go so far. So, 100%. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm good for you. it. I love to hear it. Elizabeth, I, I love watching. Like I said, I love watching from afar. I love the way you believe in people. And I know that that is something that just comes naturally to you. So for anyone mm-hmm. who's like, hey, I want those emails. Hey, I want to yes. know what she's doing. Tell us how uh, we can find you. Y'all go to elizabethevans.co. Again, a name I wish I hadn't chosen for my company because I am still the forefront. I'm but the branding is great. The EE, it looks good. It does. Okay, thank you. We've got the E. <laughs> so elizabethevans.co and you'll actually see freebies up on the top, I think, right-hand corner. So if you want to start a podcast or if you have one and you want to get better, there's going to be two different freebies there for you. And then same thing, elizabethevans.co on Instagram. Follow along on stories. We'd like to have some some funny moments, but also some teaching moments. Mm-hmm. And then you can see over there, you'll see EE Podcast Collective is actually the more business oriented Instagram handle. But I'd say first start with that website, get mm-hmm. yourself on that list because we have a lot of fun there. And we get to see your outfits a lot of days, which I'm for. Oh. Listen, anything that can inspire what I'm going to buy next. Like I've really gotten good at online shopping. I've gotten very, very that, good at it. If there's one thing you need to be great at, I'm going to say that it's that. Yeah. And Botox. Yes. Healing looks going on you and Botox. Both these are of those the things, things together. You need to take away with you. Okay. Because once you start healing, you need the Botox. You know, like it just, these things come together. I wanted the outward to feel like the outward. Yes, and that see? is my why. <laughs> That's my why. <laughs> if, if I need to explain it to anyone, there it is. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. We're grateful for you. We can't wait to see what you do next. <laughs>